Well, as I mentioned earlier, we are starting a new sermon series this morning called Bystander, John and the Rabbi Jesus from Nazareth. And during this season leading up all the way to Easter, we're basically going to be following and journeying with the Apostle John as he journeys with Jesus. And we're going to be walking through his gospel together. And we're going to be learning uh, about why Jesus came, why that matters, who he is, and why that's important for you, me, and for really the entire world. And so this morning, uh, we're going to be looking John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And in this series, I want to invite you to, to bring your Bibles with you. If you don't have a Bible, we have some out front by the exits. Uh, if you have a phone, you can download the Bible app. We'd love for you to do that um, because we're going to be diving in together. And so this morning, we're going to look at the first words of John's gospel, and we're going to be looking at the first words of Jesus that he gives us as well. And so as I've been thinking about first words this week, first words of this gospel, first words of movies, songs, TV shows, stuff like that, um, I thought I'd start us off with a fun little quiz here to see if you know what these are the first words to. So do you know this one? A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars, right? Okay, yeah. That's in a lot of the Star Wars. I think it's in all of them. Okay, what about this one? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Some of y'all didn't do your summer reading, right? Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens, okay? This one might be a little harder. Four score, seven years ago. Okay, Gettysburg Address. Okay, so now I'm actually going to give a slightly hard one. If I leave here tomorrow, would you still remember me? Yeah, free bird. Come on. It took y'all a little too long. You know, that, that some of y'all some of y'all don't know about that. Some of y'all know too much about that, okay? Um, so these are the first words from some different stuff. And if you think about it, you know, first words are are usually not chosen at random. Usually when someone sets out to write a book, the first words of a movie, the first words of a song kind of set the stage for everything that is to come. And John's gospel is no different. He has written very intentionally. And so I want to read with you some of the first words this morning from the gospel according to John, chapter 1, verse 1. He says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. And then jumping to 14, one of the most beautiful verses, I think, in Scripture and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So as we're walking through, through John's gospel, I mean, you might have already noticed something if you've read much uh, of the other accounts of Jesus' life. John begins in a very different way. His language tends to be a bit more poetic we're going to find that he's not going to go chronologically through Jesus' life. It's going to be jumping around 
different things. He writes from his own unique perspective. And as you continue in chapter 1, what you'll find is this, this Christmas season, when we were looking at all those miracles surrounding the very first Christmas, you'll find none of those. You'll, you won't find Mary. You won't find Joseph. You won't find wise men. You won't find camels. You won't find any of that stuff in John's gospel because instead of zooming in on Jesus' birth, he takes a different approach. He zooms out. He zooms out and gives us a cosmic picture of who Jesus is. And I don't know, did you catch what the very first words of the gospel were? In the beginning. And now does that remind you of any other first words? The first words of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And you're going to find this throughout John's gospel. A lot of times he'll say one thing and it kind of means this on the surface and you can read it straight through. But then if you think about it, things go deeper. And so one of my friend, friends, Matt Leroy, he said this. He said here in John's gospel, when he says in the beginning, he's trying to spark our memories and our imaginations. And, and the original readers in those early days would have immediately gotten the connection. And so if you know about Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning everything was created good. God and humanity lived in a perfect relationship, perfect relationship with one another. But then sin entered the picture. And brokenness, darkness, everything began to change through that first creation story, Genesis 1 through 3. But what John is telling us here as he begins his gospel in the beginning, what he's pointing us to is that this is a new creation story. That, that Jesus has come... To set things right. Everything that was broken in the garden, Jesus has come to now make right and to make new. And really right here, John, he just tells us very straightforward, very significantly what he believes about Jesus from the very beginning. He tells us that, look, he believes that God has appeared in human history in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is light. Jesus is life. Jesus is God with us. And this is setting the stage for everything else that's going to come as we walk through this gospel together. And just as quickly as he kind of introduces this big picture, this mind-blowing truth that Jesus is God with us. I mean, we're kind of used to it now, but, but this would have been radical, a radical thought in his day. Just as he introduces that, then he, he jumps over to John the Baptist, this guy who was proclaiming that Jesus has come. And he was telling other people about his significance. And then we find the first words of Jesus according to the Gospel of John. And we find them as one day John, and John the Baptist and Jesus cross paths. John chapter 1 verse 35. So we're going to pick up there. Read through verses 51. So if you have your Bibles you can go there. And I want you to listen when, when I'm reading for Jesus' first words. The next day again, John, that's John the Baptist, not, not John who's writing this gospel. John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and, and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. 
And one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and he said to Philip, follow me. And now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You will see even greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending And descending on the Son of Man. So, did you catch the first words of Jesus? You can say them out loud. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? The first words of Jesus here are a question and then an invitation. A question and an invitation. They come, he and John the Baptist are crossing paths. John, he's been having people follow him. He's been having disciples. And these two guys hear what John says. They hear John say that this, behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And, and these guys are, are interested in following Jesus. So they begin to follow him. And Jesus asks them this question. He says, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? And I think Jesus asked this question because he, he knew that these, these guys and really everybody in the world is seeking something. I mean, if you think about your own life, what, what are you seeking these days? I mean, right now in conversations with people, you know, I hear some of the common things. People right now are seeking hope. People are seeking peace. People are seeking community in the midst of of the isolation and loneliness. People are are seeking restoration. I mean, people are seeking all sorts of different things. And so Jesus asks these guys, he says, what are you seeking? And I think he asked them this because he knew that really he is the fulfillment of whatever they were seeking. He is the answer to what they really long for. So we ask them this question, and they give this kind of odd answer, right? They, they, they answer his question with a question, which who likes it when anybody does that, right? He, said, he says, what are you seeking? And they say, well, where are you staying? Which is kind of odd, but in their culture, when there was a rabbi, a, a teacher, when, when they would teach people, typically they would teach at their house or where they were staying. And so when they ask him, where are you staying? They're basically saying to him, look, we, we, we want to follow you. We want to follow you. We want to learn from you. If John the Baptist, who we trust and have been following, says this about you, we want to know more. 
And so after he gives this question, what are you seeking then? The next words we hear from him are this invitation. Very simple invitation. He says, come and see. Come and see. He doesn't doesn't guilt them. He doesn't try to manipulate them, shame them, coerce them into following him. He He just says, hey, come and see. Come and see. And so they come. They, they spend a few hours with Jesus. And after this encounter with Jesus, their lives are changed. Their lives begin to change. And we, we find here in the text that Andrew, he knew that he had other people in his life who, who were seeking things. And he knew that, that what they were seeking was found in Jesus. And so he, he goes to his brother Simon and he says, come look, look, you've got you've to come see this guy. You've got to come meet him. Simon comes, has an encounter with Jesus, and we know, if you know anything about the rest of the the gospel stories, we know that Simon Peter, this guy, after his encounter with Jesus, his life has changed. The trajectory is different. And so then the next day, Jesus goes and he he finds a guy named Andrew. No, no, sorry, Philip. There's a lot of names in this passage. He finds Philip. So he finds Philip, he says, follow me, gives him a very simple invitation Philip spends time with him, realizes this is the Messiah. And so Philip, then he goes to his friends, his circle of influence, and he finds this guy named Nathaniel. And he says, Nathaniel, look, you've got to come see. Come and see. He uses that same phrase. He says, come and see this guy named Jesus. He is the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the Son of God. And I don't know if you noticed Nathaniel's response here. It's kind of a skeptical response. And so if you're a skeptic, you know what? You, you have room here. You have a place here. Because Nathaniel says, he says, Jesus from Nazareth? Jesus from Nazareth? He says, what good, what good thing could come from Nazareth? What, what good would come from there? I mean, basically, that's like you being here from Henry County. Somebody came to you and was like, hey, Jesus has come. He's come. He's living in Jackson, Georgia. And you're like, I don't know about that. I don't know if Jesus could choose to come anywhere in the world if he would just come to, you know, Henry Butts County area. I, I don't know. So that's what Nathaniel was saying. He's like, why would, why would the Son of God be, be there? But he, he responds to that invitation. Come and see. Come and see. And he goes, he has an encounter with Jesus. And after his encounter with Jesus, things begin to change in his life. And Jesus says, look, you're going to see even greater things. You're going to see amazing things when you begin to journey and follow me. And just as we saw the the first words of John are significant in setting the stage for what's to come, I, I think these first words of Jesus are significant and they're setting the stage for what's to come later in the gospel. And we're really setting the stage for us 2,000 years later as his disciples. Because one of the things we know is that our mission as a church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. To make disciples of Jesus Christ. And I think John includes these words as the first words of Jesus that he relays to us. Because really, in here, we see a model of how we're to share our faith with other people. And go about making disciples. And I know when it it comes to like things Christians are called to do, sharing our faith. What we in the church call evangelism is usually like at the bottom of the list of of stuff that people do. 
because we, we get intimidated by it, right? We, we think, okay, you know what? I, I don't have enough Bible knowledge. I, I, I wouldn't know the answers to everybody's questions if they, if they ask me and I'm not ready to argue about all this stuff. Or we think, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I'm not comfortable doing that. I feel like I got to like convince people and manipulate people. And you know, that's just not my spiritual gift. I, I'm, that's not me. I'm going to leave that to the pastor or to the church. So we, we get very intimidated when it comes to this idea of sharing our faith and evangelism. And so what happens is we, we just don't do it. We don't do it and we just say, well, hopefully, you know, it'll be all right. But here, John and in turn Jesus, they, they share with us a very simple framework of how we can share our faith with others and begin to make disciples. And it begins with a question followed by an invitation. It begins with that question, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? And so when you think about your friends, your family members, your circle of influence, I mean, this is the, the question. And I'm not saying you literally have to ask them this question. That might just be awkward, right, at Chick-fil-A one day. I'm not saying you literally have to ask a question, but, it, but if you're in relationship with people, you can begin to listen to them and begin to learn what they're truly seeking in life. And what you'll find these days, a lot of people are, are, they have a lot of regret. So they're seeking a do-over. People are feeling guilt and shame. People are feeling lonely. People are feeling so many things, you know, from your own experience. And if you're not sure what, what people in your workplace or in your school are kind of feeling or what they would answer to that question, what are you seeking? You, you can simply ask them, hey, you know what? This year's been tough. Like, what, what are your hopes for the next year? And begin to listen in your relationships that you already have. This isn't about going out to strangers. Here we find them sharing their faith with people they were already in relationship with. And so it begins with listening and asking this question, what, what are you seeking? And then it continues by simply saying, hey, come and see. Come and see. Come and see this, this man named Jesus because I think he actually could give you forgiveness. I think he's the source of peace. I think the joy you're looking for is found in him. Simply giving them that invitation. Come and see. No, no manipulation. You don't have to coerce them. You don't have to wring their hands. Just say, say hey, come and see. I, I think Jesus is who you're ultimately looking for. And, and here's, here's the thing I heard somebody say recently. Jesus loves your friends and neighbors who don't know him. He loves them more than you do. Jesus wants to know them more than you want them to know him. And Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is already at work in people's lives, drawing everyone to himself. And what he asks us to do is simply make that invitation, come and see, and let him take it from there. Because when people encounter Jesus, he has the power to transform lives. To make dead people come alive. He has the power to make the old new. He has the power to change everything. And I mean, when I think about my own story, and these first words of Jesus, I mean, this is kind of my own story. My, my parents growing up from a very young age, my mom's watching this morning, hey. 
you know, they took me to churches, you know, every week. Hey, come and see. They didn't force me to believe. You can't force someone to believe. But they, they put me in proximity to Jesus in the church. And then when I was growing up, I went to a camp one summer. And I, I was in about the fourth grade. And a camp counselor said one night on the last night of camp, he said, Hey, if anyone here is looking for forgiveness, forgiveness from their sins for, for the bad things they've done in life, we want to give you the opportunity to receive that forgiveness later by, by believing in Jesus and making him the Lord and Savior of your life. And you know, I, I look back now and that m- memory is vivid in my mind. I, I have no idea what sins I was thinking about when I was in fourth grade. You know, like what, what sins is the fourth grader confessing? Maybe it was some pranks or just, you know, I don't know, lies or mischievousness. I was kind of a, a mischievous kid. So I don't know... But I know, they, they just simply said, the counselor said, hey, come and see. Come and see. Jesus is the one who can provide forgiveness. And that evening I had an encounter with him and things in my life began to change. And if you think about your own life, it, it's probably a similar story. If you would say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, somebody at some point probably said, hey, come and see. Maybe somebody invited you to Harvest Point. You know one of the best inviters we have? Cynthia Jenkins. I'm giving you a shout out over here. She does it all the time. You see her section's full. She says, come and see. <laughs> Maybe somebody gave you that invitation. Maybe it was a grandmother who said, hey, I, I know your parents aren't taking you to church, but I'd love for you to come. Come with me. Come and see. And when you encounter Jesus, things in your life began to change. And that's how the kingdom works. We're not, we're not called to transform people's lives. We're simply called to bring them before Jesus and let Jesus transform their lives. And this is how the church has worked from the very beginning. And one of the ways we've tried to do this at the church to create these opportunities for people to come see and experience Jesus is something called the Alpha Course, which we we did just over a year ago now. It's a uh, basic introduction to Christianity for, for people who want to learn more about the faith, have a lot of questions, who are like Nathaniel, who are kind of skeptics and aren't sure about things. And you come, you watch a talk each week, you share food, and uh, we hope to offer it again in the future. But on one of the, one of the talks that they give, Nikki Gumbel, who, who kind of leads it all through a video, he, he tells a story about a man named Albert McMakin. I don't know, anybody in here... Or online, ever heard of Albert McMakin? Okay, so I'll tell you the story. Albert McMakin, when he was about 24 years old, he was a farmer, and he encountered Jesus. And Jesus transformed his life. And he, he was so excited, he was going, and he was telling other people about Jesus. He, he was saying, look, you got to come and see this. I mean, this guy has the power to, to transform everything. So he heard that there was an evangelist in town. Y'all remember these, like a, a crusades, revivals. And so it was like five nights of preaching. Um, and so he, he said to his friends, he said, look, I'd love for y'all to come and see. And so people began saying, yeah, I'll, I'll come and check it out. And there was one guy on the farm he worked at who, who was a little too cool for school, not, not super into that stuff. But Albert said, hey, you know, would you come and see? He knew he wasn't too interested and so Albert said to him, hey, would you just like, would you just drive the truck for us? Would you just drive us there and, and you can come and see? You can go in or you, you don't have to go in. But we'd love for you to join us and be a part of it. And so he said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. 
So they pull up to this revival. And as this preacher is preaching, the, the guy who drove everybody there became interested in what he was saying. So he got out of the car, began listening more, and really it just caught his attention. And so the next night he went back. He went back, he went back, he went back. Night after night until the final night, the preacher said, hey, if there's anybody here tonight who wants to surrender their life to Jesus, he can change everything. I invite you to do it. And this man surrendered his life to Christ that night, made Jesus his Lord and his Savior. And after that night, through this man's life, he went on to share Jesus with over 200 million people. He was a mentor to presidents. He spoke to over half the world through television. And you might have figured out who this man was. This man was Billy Graham. The year was 1934. And when Nikki tells the story, he says, the point of the story is not that you need to be like Billy Graham. Because Billy Graham's Billy Graham. He had a unique calling and unique gifting. He says, we can't all be Billy Graham, but we can all be Albert McMakin. We can all be somebody who, after having encountered Jesus and experienced life change, says to other people, hey, hey, would you come and see? Would you come and, come and check things out? We can all be like Andrew. We can all be like Philip, looking at our relationships, looking at the people we love with compassion, listening to them, learning what they're seeking and saying, come on, I, I think it's found in Jesus and let Jesus take it from there. And so this morning, that's the, that's the very simple invitation I want to give to you. Would you come and see? I know we're all seeking different things. And if we went one by one and you really thought about what you're seeking in this season, they might be similar, they might be different. But I truly believe that what you're seeking deep down is found in Jesus Christ. Forgiveness, love, joy, peace, purpose, a new start. It's all found in Jesus. And so for the last number of weeks, we, we've talked about how we can encounter Jesus. We've talked about how we can encounter Jesus through prayer. We've talked about how we can encounter Jesus and fellowship with him through the practice of fasting. And another way that we, we encounter Jesus is through God's holy word. Here, as we... Read scripture, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, meet us. And so my invitation this morning is, would you join us in this season leading up to Easter, reading through John's gospel together? Would you come and see, and if you've been following Jesus a long time, this invitation is for you as well. Would you come and see again with fresh eyes, with, with fresh heart, let Jesus continue to transform you. Would you come and join us? And if you've never, don't know much about Jesus, you don't know who he is, or maybe you just have like a cultural conception of him, I want to invite you to come and see and join us together because I believe that as you encounter Jesus, as we encounter Jesus, he will continue to transform us into his likeness. And so we're, we're trying to make this this simple for you. And so at the exits here, you'll find bookmarks that have daily readings going through the Gospel of John. We want to invite you to do that with us. Online, we'll share the link on our social media pages. You can download it, print it out. If you don't have a Bible, we have them with the bookmarks in them at the exits. 
The readings will take less than 10 minutes, and they're Monday through Friday, so that if you have a crazy week, you have a little grace to catch up on the weekend. We're going to be doing Bible study together, diving deeper on Wednesday nights. And really, this is a great thing to invite a friend to join you. Maybe even a family member who doesn't go to our church, they're not ever going to watch. Just say, hey, would you read, you know, you want to read the Bible with me this season? And you can read it together each day, discuss it. We're going to be talking about it together on Sunday mornings with the hope that we would encounter Jesus who has the power to change everything. And when you, when you look in John's gospel, I mean, we, we looked at the first words. But when you jump to the end, to pretty much the last words, you also find something significant. We also find the purpose that John wrote all of these things down. And so John chapter 20, verse 35, I want to share these words with you in closing. John, after writing everything about all these signs and miracles that, that point to who Jesus is and his significance, he says, look, all of these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. John says, hey, I, I wrote all of this, I recorded all of this, so that you might know Jesus, encounter him, and experience life, abundant life, life to the full, and eternal life in the future. He basically gives an invitation here at the end. He says, look, come and see. Come, encounter Jesus because he has the power to change everything. So I hope you'll join us during this season each week that you'll make worship a priority, that you'll invite somebody to come and see with us as we encounter Jesus afresh. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you have not left us alone in this world. We thank you that in the midst of the darkness and the sin and the brokenness, you are light. You are life. We thank you that you are making everything that was broken new. And that you make people dead in their sins alive in Christ. And so as we set out on this journey together of journeying with Jesus and encountering him afresh. We, we pray, God, that, that you would meet us. We pray that through these daily readings and, and a reorientation of our lives around you, we pray that you would speak to us. And God, during this season as well, we pray that you would bring people to mind that we love who are seeking so many different things. We pray that you would give us the boldness the strength, the courage to simply say to them, would you come and see, would you join me in knowing and encountering Jesus? We love you and we thank you for the gift of your son. And it's in his name we pray, amen.